You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome. This is Locked On Boston College. Today's show is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. Head on over to rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. On today's show, I'm going to throw a little audible. I've done a couple of these this week where I said earlier that we're going to go back and talk about cornerbacks. But there was news on uh, Tuesday evening that kind of led into a conversation that we need to have, which is about the tight end position. And so this whole episode is going to be about tight ends. Now, this is going to be a big joke for at least one listener. I believe his name is Chris, who uh, actually just left a YouTube, I mean, a um, iTunes review saying that I'm obsessed with tight ends. And he's he jokes about this all the time. It's dad jokes. Um, and I get it. It's funny. So he's going to love this episode. It's all about tight ends. So on Tuesday night, Boston College landed another transfer in Trey Barry from Jacksonville State of the FCS subdivision. So he is a All-American for FCS schools, which is still good. He had 33 receptions for 533 yards last year in seven games. So averaged over five uh, receptions a game. Um, He's had over 1,600 receiving yards during his time as four years at Jacksonville State. And I've read a lot of things about Barry that he would have been a sixth or seventh round draft pick if he went in the 2021 draft. So already at this point, he was at the the level that he could have gone to the NFL. So it's, this is a huge get for Boston College. Uh, Barry is a receiving tight end. You know, he's 6'7". He is 245 pounds. He can move. Um, that's, that's a huge need for Boston College. And we'll kind of get into where that position goes uh, in a little bit. But again, this is just another example of Jeff Halfley going out and addressing a need the, the team has. He could have easily have just gone in with the guys he had, and probably they would have been okay. But you get a premier player out there, a guy that I know FCS is different, but other schools, big schools were looking at them. They, you know, Alabama, Ole Miss were t- uh, a couple, and there was a few more big schools that really wanted this kid, and he ends up at Boston College. Um, this was a name I, you know, if you listened earlier this week, I kind of alluded to it on um, on the show and said, you know, it's a it sounds good to me. I knew he was coming. I couldn't say it though. I had talked to some people, and I had to be sworn to secrecy. Sometimes when you get um, in this field, when you get tips. You got to kind of hold on to them for certain reasons. And this one was because there were some big schools. They just didn't want to spook them. Uh, so I kind of knew he was coming and um, it does, this is big. And we'll talk in a little bit about why this is such a big deal for the Eagles. Also up on bcbulletin.com, the site I am the editor and publisher of, uh, I put up a post the other day on the rank- my rankings of the coaches that Boston College is going to face. And I wanted to kind of give you a little bit of behind the scenes on how I I viewed it and how I did it. So basically, I took the 12 coaches Boston College will face and ranked them from um, the easiest to Dabo Swinney. Number one, obviously, is going to be Swinney at this point. Um, And I have to say it was tough. You know, you didn't have a lot of like premier coaches on here. Like you had, you know, in years like if you did last year, you'd have Mac Brown up there. You'd have Brian uh, Kelly. So you'd have some of those bigger names. I mean, looking at the the coaches, it was like it was you know you had Swinney, and then 
a whole bunch of like coaches that you could easily kind of intermingle. And I gave Dave Doran my number two. And I, I can explain why. I mean, he's been consistent of all the guys. I mean, there's no coach that Boston College faces next year that I'm like, ooh, they are elite other than Swinney. And so when I looked at Doran, I said, you know, he's a guy other than that one year in 2019, he's been almost consistently like an eight or nine win coach. And at, and looking at the schedule, that's probably as good as you're going to get. Um, there's a bunch of coaches I put on there that I think have the potential of uh, being fired after the season. That includes Dino Babers, um, Mike Norvell, and um, Justin Fuente. Justin Fuente uh, is red hot. And I had to laugh because um, as much as I rip on U- UMass, I was going to put the Colgate head coach dead last. And then what happens? He goes and gets fired. Uh, or he stepped down, excuse me. So he had something. So the head coach at uh, Colgate was Dan Hunt. And literally, as I wrote this, I looked up online and I'm like, oh, he's gone. He had uh, just stepped down. So Colgate, who Boston College opens the season with, will have a new head coach. So if you want my thoughts on that, and so end up Walt Bell of UMass is the last one because Colgate kind of doesn't have a coach and I can't put them in yet. Um, if you want to see my, my rankings, head on over to bcbulletin.com. I'd love to know who you think is like number two. Who who would you pick? Because I know Dave Doran's kind of a of an odd thought. Would you put like um, Dave Clawson or Eli Drinkowitz or Scott Satterfield? Scott Satterfield was right up there with me. Not so much for what he's done with Louisville, but what he's done with Appalachia, Appalachia State. Um, so those were my thoughts. Um, check out BC Bulletin. Other than that, it's been a quiet day in news, so we're just going to jump in in the second segment and talk about tight ends and uh, giggle like a, like a schoolgirl as I make tight end jokes through the whole segment. I promise I won't. You guys would probably shut off the shut off your podcast if I did that. So uh, we'll get back to that in just a moment. Before we talk about our first sponsor, I want to say that if you wanted to do an advertisement on the Locked On Boston College podcast, hit me up on email at bostoncollegesi.com like Sports Illustrated, so bostoncollegesi at gmail.com. I can get you all the rates and uh, how that works for the show. So if you're interested in getting advertisement up on the podcast, we have spots for that. Just hit me up on Twitter at bostoncollegesi at gmail, or you can DM me on any uh, social media app. I have open DM, so you can do that as well. But first, let's chat about Rock Auto, our our title sponsor for today's show. Are you in the process of doing work on your car? Why spend 50, 75, 80% more at, at, at another store when you can go to rockauto.com and spend a fraction of the price? Rockauto.com is a family owned business and they've been doing it for years. All you need to do is head over to rockauto.com, put in your make and mod- model, and they'll tell you what they have whether it's engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, they have it all. Best of all, right prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Locked on Boston College. This is AJ Black here. Happy Thursday. I didn't I didn't give you a happy Thursday to start this off. And that that's on me. I should have done that. Um, I hope you've had a good week up in Massachusetts, man. It has been gorgeous. I mean, we've had some really lousy weather over the last month. Um, and now it's like 70, 80 degrees, sunny. It's gorgeous. You get out of work. You can enjoy it. I've been sitting on my patio uh, reading on my Kindle. I've been reading this book on wrestling. I love it. Um, and, uh, you know, just enjoying the nice weather. Now with the nice weather, we're getting to the summer and with summer comes summer football. 
and we're going to look at the tight end position now. And as I said, we're going a little out of order because we're talking about Trey Barry. Uh, but let's jump into what 2020 held at the tight end position. And this is kind of like a recap of some of the things that happened last year. So if you look at any position, the strongest position Boston College had last year is arguably the tight end position. Hunter Long was one of the best in the country. You know, he was all ACC. He was, I think, second team All-American. You know, he led the country in receptions for a tight end. He was dynamic. Um, and he did everything on the field. Uh, you know, he was an underrated pass blocker. We talked to Mitch Wolf about that. You can you can hear some of our thoughts on him. Uh, but, you know, what really stuck out to, to, uh, to me about Long's play is his hands. You know, he became one of the best uh, pass receiving tight ends in the country, right behind Kyle Pitts. And Kyle Pitts doesn't really count because he's not really like a tight end. He's more of a wide receiver that's built like a tight end. But you saw Long make all these big plays. Um, and he took a beating during the year. You know, I, I I still think back to that UNC game when he went, and I think it was in the red zone. He was probably at the, the two or three yard line and Jakovic threw him a, a beautiful pass and Long got clobbered on that play. And it looked like he was going to be out for a long time. Now he's a tough, he's a tough SOB and he came back later in the game, but he took some licks this year. And that's, that's the trick of this position. Like football's a violent game just in general, but the tight end position, especially if you're a big tight end that can catch the ball and don't go down easily. Like, cause you know, if you're Zay Flowers, you get hit, it doesn't take a big hit to get him down. But if you're Hunter Long or, you know, in the NFL, Rob Gronkowski or, you know, Travis Kelsey, you get a, it, it takes a violent hit to get them down. And, and, you know, as a tight end fan of, you know, some of the players uh, that I've watched, watching Gronk get hit was always a scary thing. And it was the same way with Long last year. Um, and luckily he, he managed through it. And, you know, I believe he missed most of the, uh, um, or at least sat out. He didn't play the senior game. He did do his workouts at Boston College, um, and then he he got drafted by the Miami Dolphins. Now, in 2020, you had other players, obviously, that played a tight end as well, and it really was only, I you know, there was a handful of, of players that really stepped up and played in at that position. So across from him, whenever they went with a, you know, a two tight end set, it was always Spencer Witter. Um, and Spencer Witter... Um, is more of a pass blocking tight end. He showed that he has decent hands, but I wouldn't consider him, you know, a, a a threat in the pass game. But you know, for a freshman, for someone who hadn't played that much, um, he had a nice season. You know, I think he had six t- six catches on the year, um, and you, I he didn't have a touchdown, but I believe there was one pass. I forget what game it was. It was near the end of the season. I think it was Louisville, where Jakovic had him wide open and 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 Witter dropped it. Um, so you had him. You know, Joey Lucchetti, he missed the entire season because of an injury. Brendan Smith didn't play at all. It was Danny Dalton uh, who also played, and he was that transfer from Penn State who really never found much. You know, he didn't really ever figure out what he was going to do with this team. You know, he showed up, and you saw him when those times when, when Hunter Long went down, but he was never much of a pass-catching tight end, which I always thought was interesting because – you know, when he was in Massachusetts playing, when he was a four-star recruit that was uh, committed to Penn State, you could see, like, they showed pictures of him making these highlight reel catches. And when he got to Boston College, he just was not that. And I know he wasn't really that at Penn State either. So uh, you had all those guys kind of filling in. It was, But it was mostly, for the most part, just Long and Witter. And now Long is gone. So you ended 2020 with a big gap there and a lot of questions because... You know, there was a couple freshmen that didn't play, Hans Lillis and Charlie Gordonier, 
but you didn't know, like you had those six receptions from, you know, Spencer Witter. And that was basically it uh, in terms of experience, in terms of pass catching. So you had, you were going to head into the 2021 season with a big question mark. And, and, you know, you know, I've talked about it before that I always thought that they'd just be able to mask it with other, other things like, you know, more extra wide out sets or whatever you had to do. But as we saw yesterday, Jeff Halfley, he addressed that issue. And in a moment, we are going to look at what the 2021 season could look like for this position. But before we do, let's chat a little bit about betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Get all the news, odds, and info you need for your sporting news, including Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. And when you head on over and you make your first deposit using promo code Locked On, you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, 50% welcome bonus. That means you put $100 in, they're going to give you 50 bucks. That's a win right there. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And if you want to make good bets, let me recommend locked on today hosted by the great peter bukowski locked on today takes all of the uh local experts on the locked on network and has them talking with peter about some of the big topics of the day it's a 20 minute easily digestible uh sporting news podcast that you can check out wherever you get your podcasts again check out locked on today this is locked on boston college i am aj black i am the editor and publisher of bc bulletin I have a challenge for you today. I've got two of them, and it's not about premium. I promise I won't go into that today. I want you to go to facebook.com and find Boston BC Bulletin on there. It's under Boston College SI, and I want you to hit follow. If you're listening to this, go to Facebook and follow our page. We're trying to build up that community, and it helps more people find it. So go to facebook.com. Find Boston College SI and follow that. And also, on Friday, we're going to do a fantastic five-star Friday. And I've already got a couple names that i got to shout out, but I want to get a few more of you. So if you like this podcast and you have Apple iTunes, head over to Apple iTunes, give us a five-star rating, and give us a quick little review. And you can write funny things. I mean, you should go see what Chris wrote on there. It's, It's hilarious. And so you can write anything funny you want about the podcast. You can do whatever you want. It just helps more people find our podcast and pushes us up the charts. And so if you want to help out the podcast, that's the easiest way to do it. So head on over to iTunes and do that. Now, let's let's wrap up our conversation on tight ends, which, as I've said before, is my favorite conversation. All I can talk about all day are tight ends. No, I'm just kidding. This is going to get people weirded out listening to this. So 2021, you know, up until three days ago, you looked at the tight end position and all you've heard during the spring from Jeff Halfley is the talk about Joey Lucchetti and uh, some of the freshmen that are coming in. So whether it's Charlie Gordon, who's a red shirt, Hans Lillis or uh, Brendan Smith, who, you know, has played a little bit, but really hasn't been much of a featured tight end. So, you know, just standing back, you're like, oh, OK, you know, Gordy, you've, you've heard a little bit about. I've heard uh, what kind of athletic freak Joey Lucchetti has been, um, but he's been hurt. So, uh, you know, it's halfly. I'll I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But I was a little skeptical. Like, you know, this is a position that was a big deal in this offense last year. Like, obviously, Phil Jakovic needed his tight end to perform. And you're going to go into next season without a viable, a real viable, uh, proven option. I don't want to say anything about the kids because I don't know. They could jump up and be that, but maybe they just need another year of seasoning. Like you, you don't want redshirt freshmen really, uh, unless they're like really ready getting that uh, premier role. So, 
as I said in the first segment, uh, Halfley goes and addresses that. You know, he, even though he says that he had a, t- a good tight end room, you get a weapon like Trey Barry, you bring him in, and immediately the slots start to fit more, right? So Spencer Witter is perfect as a tight end too. You slot him in, he's a pass tight, uh, pass blocking tight end. You can use him in big sets. You do everything you need there. And heck, he's he's versatile enough that you can use him in pass pass plays too. And that's perfect. That gives you a little bit more flexibility. You have you have your backups, whether that's Brendan Smith, Charlie Gordonier, or Joey Lucchetti. You know, I, Lucchetti's coming back from an injury. Lillis and Gordonier are younger. So you got guys that you can plug in if you have to. But you don't have to right now because you have Trey Barry in at number one, and he should be. You don't bring in an FCS All-American to a school like this over schools like Old Miss and Florida State and you know other you know top eight SEC schools. I listed some on our Discord channel, so if you're a premium member, you'll know who I'm talking about. Now the other pro um, sites have not listed them. I got them, um, and BC beat them for them. And the reason they did was because they're gonna talk. They're gonna talk to these kids and say, "Hey, you're gonna have to battle to do this, but you're gonna get every chance in the world to be that starter." You know, they're not gonna just give a kid the role, but they're going to hint at it that if he does what he needs to, he will get it. And I think that's what they did with Trey Barry. And it's perfect because Barry is not going to come in and take over the the tight end role for multiple years. And it shouldn't upset the, the younger players on the team because, as I said, you know, Charlie Gordon is going to have his chance. Hans Lillis will get his chance and they'll just continue to build, you know, their, their repertoire at the collegiate level. So, you know, Barry comes in and plays this year, and, and if everything goes as planned, this will uh, blend seamlessly into, you know, Gordonier being the starter next year or Lucchetti being the starter next year. And that's perfect. And then after that, you 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 can continue to build the tight end position because starting in 2022, you've got some really excellent uh, Jeff Halfley-esque tight ends coming in and Jeremiah Franklin and Matt Reagan, who are both pass-catching tight ends and fit the role that Trey Barry and Hunter Long both had at Boston College. So it just you just have this like gap year, and you you can fill that with a with a transfer, and it doesn't it doesn't go against the the culture that Jeff Halfley's building at Boston College. He's getting a guy that he thinks will fit in the, in, in the locker room, a guy that has bonded with the coaching staff and will perform on the field, and that's perfect. It's the best of both worlds, and hopefully the the players that are getting pushed back a little bit will understand the bigger picture and be able to still uh, feel happy in the role that they're going to play. Now let's do a positional. Um, we're going to do the strengths concerns and my predictions at why um, at this position uh, for the tight ends. So strengths you have, you've got your guy, you've got a pass catching wide receiver, a physical freak. He's six, seven, and he can move like a wide receiver. He's going to be a, a, a positional matchup. I mean, if you look at what the scouts are saying about him, he's going to do a lot for this offense. So your strength is, you know, I'm not going to say he's going to be Hunter long, but you got a guy that can do what you need him to do and won't be a huge step off from what Hunter long gave you last year. I don't know about his physicality because Hunter long was about, I think like 20 pounds heavier, but he's going to give you that. And that's big. So I, th- I think the strength is Trey Berry. Trey Berry is going to be a strength on this offense. It's, and that's great. Concerns. Obviously you're going to look at, at depth, right? Like the, the, the concern is the same with him there as without. If Barry goes down, who steps up? 
who was going to be the next guy? It would have been the guy that started it. So will it be Lucchetti? Will it be Gordonier? Will it be Lillis? Will it be someone else? Tommy Birmingham. He's another guy out there. Will it be one of those players that steps up? We don't know. And that's a big question. So I think depth at tight end is a bit of a concern this year. And my prediction for the tight end position. So last year, Barry had 33 receptions in seven games, averaging about five a game. I think he could average five a game with Boston College. So I'm going to say he's going to get right around probably 56 to 60 catches. And that will include a bowl game. So it's less per game than what Hunter Long gave you. But still, that's a good number for a pass-catching uh, wide a tight end. Remember, Barry is in this in this to show up and show scouts that he's more than a sixth or seventh round draft pick. He you know he would have went in a later round last year. He's gonna want to show up and show that he's one of the top tight ends. So I think he could have a big year, and I'm I'm gonna say 56 to 60 catches for Barry in. 2021. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Head on over to Twitter at LockedOnBC. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. I mean, everywhere. And as I've said before, if you like my work, check out BCBulletin.com. We have free stuff. We have premium. I hope you consider premium. But you know what? I just appreciate all of you listening and and uh, respecting my opinions on some of the things that are going on with Boston College. And if you haven't already, check out Locked on ACC. The new episode dropped today. I, I was listening yesterday. I had the dates all messed up. My show is on Syracuse. You can hear me talk about what I think of Syracuse and whether I think Dino Babers is going to make it to next year. Um, I talk about everything from Matt Ryan to Michael Vick. It's an interesting uh, conversation with Candace Cooper. So check out Locked on ACC when you're done with this podcast and uh, give it a five-star rating as well. This is AJ Black. Uh, I will see you again for Friday's show. I can't believe it's the end of this week. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Take care, everyone.